Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I've been waiting for you. And my friend, today we're wrapping up the brand new series, which is called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. The subtitle says, Praying in the Spirit, Building Your Faith, and Becoming an Instrument in the Hands of God. This series this week has just been jam-packed and so rich. And my friends, I want you to order this so you can hear it and hear it and hear it. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing the Word of God. The Greek says by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. My friends, you need to put it in your eyes. You need to put it in your ears until it gets down into your heart. And this series comes with a study guide. So please go online or give us a call right now and we'll get these right to you. And we're also offering you today for the last time this week, my book, which is called Last Days Survival Guide, the foreword is written by my precious friend, Perry Stone. And the subtitle says, A Scriptural Handbook to Prepare You for These Perilous Times. And my friends, we really are living in perilous times. But hey, we're not here by accident. God chose us for this period. He anointed us for this period. And we can do it. But we need to know how. And that's why I've written this book, which is called Last Days Survival Guide. I want you to order yours right now by going online or by giving us a call. And please, when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. We really are praying people. I just prayed for you not long ago, praying for God to release His Word in your life, to release His Spirit in your life, to bless you. And if you'll reach out to us and tell us specifically how to pray, we will begin to specifically pray for whatever it is that is on your heart. But reach out to us by calling or by sending us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're really going to pray for you. But today, we're going to wrap up the book of Jude. So read for your Bible. And today, I want us to begin by reviewing Jude verse 22 and verse 23. And in Jude 22, Jude is talking about people that are stumbling and tripping in their faith. They're wavering from what they once believed. And actually, when you understand the whole book of Jude, the book of Jude teaches us that at the very end of the church age, many will become apostate. They'll begin to veer from their faith. And now when we come to Jude, verse 22, he says, and of some have compassion. And we've seen that that word compassion is the Greek word elios. It's not a pity that just says, that is just so sad. That is just so pitiful what's happening to them. That doesn't do anything for anybody. The word elios, which here is translated compassion, describes a compassion that is driven to action. It has to do something to help the person that is in trouble. And the second part of the verse says, making a difference. And the Greek word describes those that are wobbling in their faith. They're vacillating back and forth. They become uncertain about what they believe. And now Jude says, when you see somebody is vacillating in their faith, you need to take action to help them. And then when he comes to verse 23, he adds, and others save with fear. The word save is a form of the Greek word sozo, which carries the idea of deliverance or a rescue operation. The word fear carries the idea of alarm. When we see somebody wandering from their faith, rather than say, that's just so sad, we should sense alarm about it 
and we should be compelled to take action to help them come back to their faith. And that's why he goes on and says, pulling them out of the fire. The word fire describes destruction that they're going to reap upon themselves by veering from their faith. And rather than just let them wander into destruction and trouble, Jude says we are to pull them out of the fire. And pulling them out of, in Greek, is a form of the Greek word harpazo, which means to snatch out just in the nick of time. Then he adds, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. The word garment is a Greek word which describes the garments that one wears, but this particular word garment describes the clothes next to the skin or the underwear. Or now we find that when a person begins to go in a wrong direction, it is so defiling that it works through every layer of their life, even to the secret parts of their life. That's really what that means. And the RIV of Jude verse 22 is like this. And for some, it is essential that you be moved with compassion that does more than simply feel sorry about their plight. You must let compassion move you to take action, to do whatever you can to make a difference for those that are uncertain, doubtful, and even vacillating back and forth in their faith. Then the RIV of verse 23 is like this. And indeed, there are some in such serious condition that there's no choice but for you to urgently swing into action to deliver, rescue, and save them. You should be so alarmed by their condition that you're willing to do whatever is necessary to snatch them out of the fire, detesting and hating the contamination that has so deeply defiled them. They are so ill-affected by the flesh that they are regretfully like a garment sullied through every layer of clothes all the way to the undergarments. And here we're instructed by Scripture that when we see somebody that's vacillating in their faith or veering or wandering from their faith, we are to take action to bring them back home to the foundation of the Word of God. And then we come to Jude, verse 24, where Jude speaks a benediction to his letter. Here he concludes by saying, Now unto him, ah, that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He's been talking about people that are wandering from their faith, but he says, here's what I'm believing for you. I believe that God is able to keep you on track. He's able to keep you from stumbling. And notice exactly what Jude says in verse 24. Now to unto him that is able, the word able is a form of the Greek word dunamai. It depicts one who is able, one who is absolutely capable, one who is powerful and sufficient for any task. And what is the task? Jude says, now unto him that is able to keep you. And the word keep is a form of the Greek word phuloso, which describes, listen to this, the guarding and protecting of a thing such as the guarding of a house or the guarding of property, or the guarding of possessions, even the guarding of graves. It denotes the alertness and sleeplessness of the person who stands on guard. It depicts the safekeeping of something entrusted to one's care and was often used in a military sense to describe a garrison, a guard, a sentinel, whose job was to keep something, and the keeping of that thing demanded that a person be loyal to the task, never lethargic, never lackadaisical, but 
If that person fell asleep on the job, the consequences would be grave, and therefore he had to be on alert, full alert at all times. And that is the word which Jude now uses to describe God's watchful care over me and over you, which means God is not lethargic. He is not lackadaisical. He is not sleepy on the job. He is on full alert because he understands it is his task to watch over us and not just watch over us, to protect us like a guard. And my friends, I declare to you, that is what Jesus is doing in your life. He is on full alert at all times to keep you from what? From falling. The word falling here is a word that depicts one who has lost his footing and therefore trips or stumbles as a result. Think of the people you know that have tripped and they've stumbled because they did not adhere to the Word of God. But if you'll stick with the Word of God, Jesus will keep you from stumbling. He really will. That is the promise in this verse. And not only that, He's able to keep you from falling and to present you, to present you, faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The word present, the Greek word stasi, which means to set, to present, or to stand you right before the presence of his glory. And in Greek, the word presence, the Greek word enopion, the word in means in front of. Opion is the word for the eyes. He's able to present you right in front of his own sight. And specifically, it says before the presence of his Glory, the word glory here, the Greek word doxa, it describes the resplendent and weighty glory of God. That's where we're going to end up in the presence of his glory with, listen to this, exceeding joy. Now, what does that mean? Well, the words exceeding joy are very unusual Greek word which depicts one who is ecstatic about something, wildly joyful and excited. Knowing the miracle of cleansing that has occurred to remove all defects in our lives, God is ecstatic. God is wildly joyful about the final product that His grace has produced in our life. He is thrilled. He is elated when He looks at us and sees what His grace has done in us. And actually, the RIV of verse 24 would be like this. To him who is fully able to guard and protect you, who is on full alert at all times to keep you from stumbling, and who is committed to present you before his own resplendent glory, he will be in a state of sheer ecstasy and joy when he presents you cleansed of all past defects and now blameless, blemish-free, faultless, and irreproachable. My friend, that is totally amazing. It is amazing. And let's go back to the word faultless because I want you to really understand what the word faultless in this verse means. The word faultless is the Greek word amomas. It's a derivative of the word momas. The word momas is a word that depicts something that is blemished, something that is blotted, and therefore an object of disgrace. That's what we were before the blood of Jesus touched our lives. But the blood of Jesus cleansed us. And this word momos in this verse becomes a momos. That a on the front of the word cancels what once was true. It reverses a condition, which means though the object was once blemished, though the object was once blotted, 
Though the object was once an object of disgrace, that object, and I'm talking about you, has been thoroughly cleansed and is now free of all defects, thus blameless or completely faultless. Which means you're not who you used to be. Before you came to Christ, you were to be blamed. You were blemished. Your life was blotted. You were an object of disgrace. That is absolutely what the Bible teaches. And when you study Ephesians chapter 2, it thoroughly describes who we were before we came to Christ. We were objects of wrath. But when Christ came into our lives and the grace of God touched us and the blood of Jesus cleansed us, though before we were blemished, though we were blotted, Though we were an object of disgrace, the blood of Jesus and the grace of God has turned us into a trophy so marvelous that God is simply elated at the thought of personally presenting us in his own glory, blemish free. That's what this verse really means. And I want to give you again the RIV of verse 24. To him who is fully able to guard and protect you, who is on full alert at all times to keep you from stumbling and who is committed to present you before his own resplendent glory. He will be in a state of sheer ecstasy and joy when he presents you cleansed of all past defects and now blameless, blemish-free, faultless, and irreproachable. Say amen. Amen. But then we come to verse 25, which is the last verse of the book of Jude. And Jude finishes by saying, To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. But notice at the very first of verse 25, he says, To the only wise God. The word only is a form of the Greek word monos, which means the sole God, the only God. And it leaves no room for misunderstanding, there is only one real God. Now, when you read this in the King James Version, it says to the only wise God. The word wise really does not appear in the original Greek text. It simply says to the only, the one and only God. And then he describes God as being our Savior. The word Savior in Greek is the word soter. It is a derivative of the Greek word sozo. Probably you heard the word sozo before. The word sozo means Deliverance, healing, preservation, protection, salvation. It conveys the idea of wholeness in every part of your life. And this word sozo was often used to describe a person or a nation that had been totally set free and delivered from all of its enemies. But when the word sozo becomes the word soter, as we find in this verse, where it is translated as the word savior, it conveys all of these ideas that God is our deliverer, say amen. He is our healer, say amen. He is our preserver, say amen. He is our protector, say amen. And he is our savior. He is all of those things to you and to me. And then Jude says, be glory and majesty, and power, both now and ever. Amen. The word glory, again, is the Greek word doxa. It pictures resplendent glory, the weighty glory of God. The word majesty describes excellence, greatness, majesty, or preeminence above all others. That's our God. He says dominion and power, 
The word dominion, amazingly, is the Greek word kratos. The word kratos is a word used throughout the New Testament. And here it is intended to depict the highest authority of any authority ever known. Here we also find the Greek word exousias, which describes the power of God that is unlike anyone else's power. So in these two words, dominion and power, we find a power that is absolutely irresistible. No one can stand against it. We find an authority that excels all other authority. The Greek says, before all time, both now and forever. That's not what the King James Version says. It simply says, both now and forever. Amen. But the Greek adds some words that are very important. It says, before all time, both now and forever. And the word before is the Greek word pro. And the word pro used in this sense means before in terms of known time or any human record, which means before there was ever a human record or before time as we know it ever existed. This is who God was. It is still who he is. It's who he will always be. He says, before all time, the Greek says, before any of the ages ever existed, both now, the Greek word noon, both right now in this very present moment and unto forever. The word unto, the Greek word ice, which describes a progression from now and unto the vast expense of eternity in front of us. This is who God is. This is who God has always been. My friends, this is the God that we serve. And Jude gets so excited about what he is writing that he ends with the word, amen. And the word amen can be translated amen. It means so be it. But you have to understand that the word amen was intentionally used as an emphasis marker to emphasize and underscore a statement of great, great importance. And the RIV of verse 25 would be like this. To the one and only God, our deliverer, healer, preserver, protector, and savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to him be resplendent glory, majesty that excels all others, irresistible power and the highest authority that has ever existed before all previous known ages, even right now at this present moment, and that extends to the vast expanse of the ages to come. And to stress what I've communicated to you, I'm finishing with an amen, so you'll really understand the importance of what I've written to you. That is a very good translation of Jude, verse 25. However, this week, we've covered Jude 20 to 25, so I want to give you the RIV of all five of these verses. On the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know to express how deeply I love and cherish you. You must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith and be constantly drawing near as you pray in the realm and in the control of the Holy Spirit. Then you come to verse 21 and continually keep yourself in the inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable love of God by praying in the Holy Spirit and be reaching out to embrace and lay hold of the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that extends even unto the vast expanse of eternal life. Verse 22. And for some, it's essential that you be moved with compassion that does more than simply feel sorry about their plight. 
You must let compassion move you to take action, to do whatever you can to make a difference for those who are uncertain, doubtful, and even vacillating back and forth in their faith. Verse 23. And indeed, there are some in such serious condition that there is no choice but for you to urgently swing into action to deliver, rescue, and save them. You should be so alarmed by their condition that you're willing to do whatever is necessary to snatch them out of the fire, detesting and hating the contamination that has so deeply defiled them. They are so ill-affected by the flesh that they are regrettably like a garment sullied through every layer of clothes all the way to the undergarments. Verse 24, but to him who is fully able to guard and protect you, who is on full alert at all times to keep you from stumbling, and who is committed to present you before his own resplendent glory. He will be in a state of sheer ecstasy and joy when he presents you cleansed of all past defects and now blameless, blemish-free, faultless, and irreproachable. Then verse 25, to the only God, our deliverer, healer, preserver, protector, and savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to him be resplendent glory, majesty that excels all others, irresistible power, and the highest authority that has ever existed before all previous known ages right now at this very moment, and that extends into the vast expanse of the ages to come. And to stress the importance of what I've communicated to you, I'm finishing with an amen so you'll really understand the importance of what I've written to you. And with that, we conclude our study of the book of Jude. But my friends, we've seen today that even if other people have stumbled and fallen, if you look to the Lord, He has the power to protect you, and He is on full alert at all times to keep you from stumbling. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. The Bible commands us to build up our most holy faith and to pray in the Holy Spirit. But how do you build up your most holy faith? What does that mean? And how do you pray in the Holy Spirit? And what does praying in the Spirit mean for you? In this five-part series, How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith, Rick Renner dives deep into the book of Jude to answer these important questions. You'll be thrilled to discover what it really means to build up your most holy faith and to pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll also learn how compassion can make a difference for someone who is in trouble, and how Jesus is the great keeper and protector of those who trust in Him. Available in digital or physical format starting at just $10, this series will show you how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition, you can also get the book Last Day Survival Guide for $25. This is a book God will use again and again to equip you to successfully sail through the turbulent waters we are facing all around us in the world today. If you believe we are living in the last days, then you need to know how to survive them and thrive in them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series, How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith, and the book, Last Day's Survival Guide. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey, this is Rick Renner. This is where I sit every morning, where I meet with the Lord and I pray for our TV family, our partners, people that I love all over the world. And this is where I prepare 
my TV programs. I sit down with my Greek study helps. And by the way, I don't just use Greek study helps. I read New Testament Greek. That's what I studied in the university. It really is my specialization. But before I give them to you, first I check them. I make sure I've got it right. I study all these programs, really put it all together. And I have to tell you that preparing the program is the biggest part. Filming the program is the easy part. It takes hours and hours and hours to make sure I put everything together correctly for you. And then from here, it goes to the TV suite where I sit down with my producer, and then he and I go over all the introductions that I have filmed. Where the word of the king is, there, let God's word release its power in your life today. And I'll see you in the next program. Wow, done with another program. So good to do these programs for the people who watch us all over the world. This is our studio. This really is where I live my life. And in this room, we prepare programs that ultimately go to multiple languages all over the face of the earth. They're primarily Russian and English. Wow, what a blessing. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, verse 21, that the lips of the righteous feed many. It's my prayer that our teaching is feeding and nourishing many people. But when we're finished with my part, then the programs go into the edit suite, and that's what takes place in this room. And in this room, you can see there's people doing all kinds of things. They take the Greek words that I prepare. By the way, it takes a long time to prepare all those Greek words. But then they have to put them on the screen. They have to adjust the sound, adjust the color. They edit the whole program together with the music, the advertisements, the prayer, everything. And we create a teaching program for you. And our goal is to bring teaching that you can trust. That's our goal. That's my prayer. And I want to say thank you to you for helping all of us do it. It's not just me and Denise. There's a whole team here together. We're all committed to bringing good teaching to people. And your part's very important. So thank you for being a partner. Thank you for praying for us. And thank you for giving. Thank you for being with me today. We've wrapped up our teaching of the book of Jude. And this week, we've been offering you a brand new series. And today is the last day we're offering it. It is called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. The subtitle says, Praying in the Spirit, Building Your Faith, and Becoming an Instrument in the Hands of God. And this five-part series, which comes in multiple formats, also comes with a study guide. So you can read all of the information while you're seeing it or while you're hearing it. And today, the last day of this week, we're also offering you my book, which is called Last Days Survival Guide. The foreword is by my friend, Perry Stone. And the subtitle says, A Scriptural Handbook to Prepare You for These Perilous Times. We're living in perilous times, but the Holy Spirit has given us everything we need to stomp through this period with the Word of God and with victory, and we can do it. But hey, if you have a prayer need, reach out to us and let us know how to pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that according to Jude, verse 24 and 25, you are able to keep us from falling. And you can even present us before your own glory, spot-free, blemish-free, 
blameless. Oh, thank you for the work of your grace in our lives. And we look to you to keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you in the next program. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.